0: Locked up radio. Broad, 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 road, rock, 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 broad, rock, broad. rock. Broadcasting around the world on the World Wide Web. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is,
1: the most unless radio show on the planet. And the other stations are tuned in too. Oh yeah. Broadcasting live from the Josie Network Studios in downtown Medina, Tennessee. It's that time of week again. It's time for the Josie Show. Bringing you the most exciting music news and guests from around the world. Right here on the Josie Show. Please make welcome the beautiful. Paladin,
2: the lovely, America's Radio
0: Sweetheart, Mrs. Josie asentino Hello, everyone. Our special guests are So I'm excited to bring you these great interviews. We also have a song from Casey new single, Skinny. Please welcome to the Josie Show, my guest, Jenny Tolman. Hello. Hi, how are you? I am doing great. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I am so excited. Uh, I just fell in love with you and your new album, Married in Honky Tonk. What may our listeners find on this album? <laughs>
1: Thank you. Yeah, so this, collection of songs that i like to say is half jennyville and half real jenny tolman so if you're not familiar with what jennyville is my first debut album called there goes the neighborhood was based in this imaginary world called jennyville and it's full of all these crazy neurotic characters and but they're very lovable Mm -hmm. and they're just all running around this little town and so i like to say that this album it kind of has, like, half of that and half of a little bit more real-life stuff because called married in a honky-tonk, and I just got married almost two months ago now. Yeah. And so it's got a little bit more of, like, some real-life stories, but still has a bunch of the characters and storytelling that you might know and love.
0: I love that. So this is more personal and deep for you. Um, you would say that's how that yes. differs from your last your last album. Well, I love that. And from how long from start to finish did this album take to complete? It depends
1: on how you look at it because some of these songs were written like almost seven years ago. So okay. There's some songs on here that are pretty pretty old, and and then there's songs that you know were written maybe close to a year ago or a year and a half ago. So it's kind of a, a really wide range mm-hmm. song wise. Um, with my first album, we put it out in July of 2019, and that was about a four-year project that we were that we were on, and, and we had about six good months, and then the pandemic came and hit, and mm-hmm. so really during the pandemic when. I think about after that first year of 2020, and we realized that we weren't really going anywhere fast, I was like, okay, I think it might be time to start working on another project just to kind of keep the momentum going and put some new music out. So really this one was a lot quicker to to put together, but the luck had the songs already written mostly for this album, so, you
0: know, it came together probably within a year. Nice. Not bad. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That is so cool. And you are a true storyteller, my friend. You are an incredible yeah. songwriter. So I have to ask, what is your – you. you're welcome. What is your process of songwriting? Because I know for everyone it could be so different. You
1: know, for me, it's different every time. Like, <laughs> sometimes something will be so – like real and raw that just falls out in 15 minutes and then other times. And that's a lot of times the story songs are the hardest to write because there's so much detail and you want to make sure that the character is saying the right things. And, you know, so I'm definitely, um, weird uh, lyrics, focused, but I also really love intricate melodies and trying to to do new things and stuff like that. So, you know, sometimes the lyrics come first, sometimes the melodies come first. If I knew exactly how to write a song, I would be writing them every day. Right. <laughs> it all
0: depends. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that, uh, and I have to mention because this is this is really neat. You're also donating a portion of the proceeds from your album "Married in a Honky Tonk" to Thistle Farms, and this is a charity that's very dear. To you, can you tell us why you chose Thistle Farms?
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Thistle Farms has such an incredible organization helping women and, mm-hmm. you know, from all different backgrounds and, you know, whether it be domestic violence or prostitution, whatever it may be, they, they take those women and they really turn their lives around by giving them value. And I just, it's such an incredible organization. And, um, you know, personally to me, I was. Involved in a domestic violence relationship in high school, and so I've always had. But you know, I I was you know blessed enough to have a parent support and right. and not get stuffed into anything bad. And so I've always you know empathized with these women who just to get taken down the wrong path and they it's so hard to get out of and so i've always been really grateful that you know my story had a lot different outcome than a lot of women and so i think it's really important to to pay attention to the ones that do get you know sucked down those paths that aren't aren't beneficial and really what thistle farms is doing is such an amazing process of you know they they literally call it graduating because Mm -hmm. they are turning their lives around It's, it's incredible
0: Oh, that is incredible. Oh, I love it, and I hope everyone else checks out Sissel Farms and um, supports as well. That's amazing. And you also have a wonderful music video for Married and Honky Tonk. What was it like filming this music video?
1: Oh, my gosh, it was so much fun. That's probably the funnest. I know "funnest" isn't a word, but I'm gonna say it. It's a funnest. the funnest video I've ever <laughs> shot. Yes. Uh, we shot it at the Million Dollar Cowboy Bar in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, mm-hmm. and Jackson Hole has just become like a second home to me. We have so many friends up there. We joke now that we have more friends up there than we do in Nashville, <laughs> but the community there has just rallied around me and they, and I love them so much. I'm so grateful for them. And so every single person in that video is a local of Jackson, which is really special for me. And um, and the, the cowboy itself, I've had two sold-out shows there before and mm-hmm. I just I'm obsessed with the town of Jackson so mm-hmm. it was really special to get to shoot that there.
0: That's so special. I love it. It's a great music video. I hope everyone checks it out. It's available on YouTube, everywhere. Find it. Please make sure you do. And of course, get the album, Married in a Honky Tonk right now, and that's available everywhere, all the music outlets. Check it out. <laughs> and as you mentioned, you got married. Congratulations to Grammy-nominated producer thank Dave you. Bernard. Yes. People.com actually exclusively announced the wedding, and you were even featured in TLC's Say Yes to the Dress. It looked like such a beautiful wedding. There was snow. You look
1: stunning. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about well, it. How about you. that moment? So, speaking of Jackson, we got married in Jackson. And <laughs> We love the snow. So our love story, we fell in love the night that it snows like five inches in Nashville. And so we've always had snow as like our love symbol. We got engaged in the snow mm-hmm. accidentally, like if he had obviously didn't plan for the snow to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just you know, there's just been thing after thing where it snows and it's just really special for us so I was like well why don't we get married in the snow which sounds crazy but it and it was but it ended up being so cool, perfect we got so lucky and I like to think that it was meant to be because it could have really been freezing and unpleasant mm-hmm. but it was like mid to high 40s that day which sounds cold but it's so dry there that it's not mm-hmm. and we had like a fresh layer of snow the day before the sun was out so it just felt perfect. Nobody was cold. It was just as perfect as it could possibly be. The Grand Teton, and it was beautiful,
0: yeah. Yes, it looked like a fairy tale from my end. I was like, oh, I was like, with the no dress. It was. Thank you. Yes, that's amazing. You have a song that you wrote titled Afraid. If you could, can you tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind this song? Because you're very open.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I wrote Afraid the night that I realized I was in love with my now husband, Dave, because it was the night that he got brutally attacked on the streets of Nashville, he was completely, um, it was terrible. He had to have a job, wire shut for six weeks, and get facial reconstructive surgery, and it was just Mm -hmm. this really traumatic event, and you know, when something that traumatic happens, it really makes you realize what your feelings are Mm -hmm. for somebody, and you know, because you almost lost that person, and so that was the night that I was like, oh my gosh, I am in love with this man, Mm -hmm. and that is terrifying to me, because there were so many things things that were, like, not acceptable about it, and, Mm -hmm. you know, in society's eyes type of thing, because he is twice my age, Mm -hmm. he's my producer, he's, like, all these things that I was like, no, 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 this can't happen, (laughs) and, you know, so afraid is just what, that's one of those 15 minutes real and raw Song
0: that just pours out of you. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it is. It's so raw. It's beautifully written and you, you say it beautifully. It's a, it's a great song and I hope everyone checks it out. Afraid. Check it out right now. And everyone, please check out Jenny Tolman's new album, Married in a Honky Tonk, available everywhere. Music is sold and streamed right now and share with your family, your friends, your cousins, your uncles, neighbors, everyone. <laughs> everyone around. Oh, yeah. Yes, before we go, I would love for you to just give out your website and also your social networking sites so our listeners can connect with you and find out all the latest and greatest.
1: Yes, if you go to JennyTolman.com, or Jen, Jenny with a Y, and Tolman is dot com, you can find everything there. And on all socials, if you just type in Jenny Tolman, I will pop right up.
2: Perfect.
0: Easy enough. Everyone, please make sure you check out Jenny Tolman right now. Thank you so much for joining me. I'd love to have you back on anytime. Yes, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now I'm going to my interview with Kate McClellan. You have seen her on shows like The Kelly Clarkson Show. Um, she is just incredible. So here she is. Here is Casey McQuillan. Please welcome to The Josie Show my guest, Casey McQuillan. Hi. Hi. How
2: are you doing? Thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, the pleasure's all mine. I'm so excited to talk to you. We have so much to talk about here. So thank you for joining me. Can't wait. <laughs> of course, of course, let's get cracking. Yes, let's do it. So we have to, of course, talk about that debut album, Skinny. Can you share a little bit about where the title of this first, you know, album came from, and what our listeners may find on this album?
2: Okay, so yes, my album is called Skinny, and it's after uh, the title track of the album. The first song on the album is the song called Skinny that I wrote. It's actually the most. It's the most recent song on the album the album was done and was going to be called something else. And Mm -hmm. um, I had written this song with a friend of mine and I was on tour at the time of opening for an artist named Clark Beckham and I was all over the country and Mm -hmm. I was playing this song because I, you know, I have, you can kind of tell, I think when you, when you have a song that it's really going to resonate with people. And so I pretty much started playing it out right away. And the feedback I was getting from people was really, uh, really intense. People were really, engaging with the song and so we decided to um rush produce the song i had just written it and we you know went to the studio and got it recorded and got it mixed because i was about to go on tour with an artist named jake morrison in the uk which was the biggest tour i'd ever been on and we wanted to have this album done and printed and so it was a pretty tight turnaround to get this song on the album but it was really important to me that we did and um it definitely turned out to be the right decision i wrote the song skinny uh Right after the pandemic restrictions started to ease in New York, Mm -hmm. and I was starting to go out to the bars and restaurants, you know, vaccinated, doing all these things that I had been missing for so long. And it was a Monday morning, and I had a a scheduled co-write with my friend Abby Mary, who I wrote this song with, and I wrote a couple other songs my album with as well. We're just good friends and write together all the time. And um, as good friends do, we were catching up, and I was telling her that I had a kind of upsetting weekend because I had been looking forward to going out and um being around people like I had missed so much. But I found that the whole time it was like I was being haunted by my perception of how much better my night would be going if I was still thin. Because I gained some weight during the pandemic. I think a lot of people did. Yeah. Um not only had everyone else's perception of me shifted, which I think it's naive to say that people don't treat you differently uh, when you're different sizes. I've been different sizes and I've definitely experienced that. Mm-hmm. But I think the part that's most traumatic for me is that I think I treat myself different when I'm different sizes. Right. And I was at this bar, you know, and I, I'm the, I'm the kind of person who, if I think someone's cute, I just go up and talk to them. It's not shocking with how loud and talkative I'm going to be on the rest of the podcast. It will become very obvious as soon that it's just my personality. I love it. So I, back I talked to friends and I talked to boys and I talked to people and I kind of like kept getting shut down and, and, and guys, you know, weren't really, I, I never, didn't really have anything happen, didn't really connect with anybody. And, you know, I was attributing it in the back of my mind every time something didn't work, every time something wasn't right. I was like, well, I could get bad now.
0: Mm-hmm. And it
2: was like I was watching in my mind a TV show of how that night would be going if I was still thin. I was, I was seeing this better, prettier, shinier, funnier, happier version of myself going up to that guy and succeeding and wearing the cute dress that I left in my closet because he didn't get me anymore. Right. All of these, wanting to take pictures with my girlfriends and being like so silly and taking all these pictures and like mm-hmm. all these things that I, I wasn't comfortable doing or they weren't going my way and I was completely attributing it to my waking. And I was so frustrated because not only was I experiencing not having that I go how I wanted, not only was I then feeling guilt and shame that it was because it was my fault because I was back now. Right. And then on top of that, I was feeling guilt and shame that I even gave shit. Right. How dare I come out of a pandemic unscathed and worry about something as, as, as superfluous as weight? And so I was having a conversation with a good friend that I've been friends with for 10 years, and I was just telling her about it, and we were just talking it through, and I was saying things like, you know, I, I went to my closet and couldn't see myself. It was like the, the version of myself that I used to be was just, like, trapped in this closet that would be closed and didn't fit me anymore. And, and you know, I, I didn't want to take pictures with my friends who all wanted – it was making me anxious, this idea that gonna, I knew it was going to ruin my night, feeding myself through this camera. And, I went up to these guys who might be married or have girlfriends or gay or just not into me. And I was assuming it was because I was fat, right? My mm. insecurities were so present in my mind. Mm. And we were just chatting. We chatted for like an hour. And we kind of got to the end of our conversation. And, and Abby said, "Stacey, I think we should write a song about it. I think we should write it right now. Yes. And she had been taking notes about what I was saying throughout <laughs> our conversation unbeknownst to me. And listen, that's something you do, it's a kind of standard uh, songwriting yeah, uh, yeah. process, and somebody will be like, well, what do you want to write about, and you'll talk about it, and your co-writer will be taking notes to try to, like, catch some nuggets, of- was younger called Beautiful, where I would talk about, you know, my, my, my body, the tissues before I gained weight and the pressure that I, myself, and I think a lot of women feel, on, like, if you're just a little prettier, everything will be better for you, and I would sing that song as somebody who who conforms to most of society's beauty, but when I would sing Skinny, people will come up and say, you're so brave, not. Oh my God! What are you talking about? You're so thin, Because I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I I was used to people that I would, I would sing these vulnerable songs. Yes, I would be sharing. I would be sharing a secret that I have anxiety disorder, or that I have I, I you know have a desire to, to be more beautiful, or these things. These things you're not supposed to talk about. But the world's response was always, Oh my God! What are you talking about? You're so charming, or Oh my God! What are you talking about? You're so pretty. Right. And this song is the first song that I've sang where people said, I can't believe you alone to say that you're so great. Not oh my god, bro, what are you talking about? You're so hot. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. And it's been a really eye opening experience for me and my relationship with my audience and my image and it's just been it's been really interesting. It's been a really interesting experience. It's been it's been very boring, but it's definitely been a bit of uh, like
0: shock therapy. (laughs) Right, right. I love how open you are. And, you know, I connected with you right away because I also have comorbid anxiety, depression. You know, this, I love, I love your music and I love everything that you stand for. And I love that you're getting the message out there because there is such a huge stigma around that, around, you know, body image and, you know, which I also struggle with. So, and I love, I love that you're able to, you know, write about it. And I'm sure it was very healing for you um, to be able to write about it. But also, you're, you could help so many along the way that are dealing with the same issues and situations. And they're like, hey, you know what? She is doing her thing. She's dealing with the same thing. And, um, you know, so they don't feel alone, you know. So I think, it's, I think it's wonderful what you are doing. And what would you say to someone who is struggling right now with body image or mental health issues? Can you share any advice?
2: Well, I can just say something. I think I've made a little bit of progress, especially with body image issues. Yeah. And the the corresponding like depression's a strong word, and but but feelings of like extreme discontentment in my body and in my life that resulted from not feeling um, at home is who I was. Right. So I was feeling really odd. I remember I was I had multiple conversations with my therapist where I said I don't know if I'm just glamorizing how happy I was before the pandemic or if I'm actually sadder now than I was before hmm and I ended up going on this big tour I just got back from this really huge tour in the UK we played I was there for five weeks and I opened for this artist who are really really famous in the UK and we had huge crowds like 2,000 people a night um, it, was an, it was an amazing experience mm. and um, I was really being challenged I was rising to the occasion. I was killing it. If I don't say so myself, it went awesome. Yes, girl. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. I had spent, to be honest, mm-hmm. so much time and money and tears trying to find outfits that looked good on me. Because let me tell you, most glitter outfits are designed for girls that don't have any cellulite, mm-hmm. don't have body size. they don't have giant boots that they need to tape up to their chin. Mm-hmm. So let me. Like, I had. A- I put in a lot of time and effort and tears trying to find outfits that would work for these grand stages that I was on. Yeah. And I had written all these songs and I had rehearsed and I had my album and I was ready and I went out there. I'm gonna get emotional. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went out there and I didn't go out there because I was pretty or because I wasn't pretty.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I went out there because I'm talented and I work hard, and I'm I'm willing to be vulnerable, and I write songs that are painful, and I talk about them. And I went out there every night, and the audience responded to me because I'm funny and charming and loud. And I went out there, and I was 100% who I was. I was all the parts of myself. And if I really, really dig down, those are the parts about me that I think matter, that I think have value, that I think make me special and different, and that I... Uh, the parts of me that I hope I, I pass on to my children—that mm-hmm. kind of like that kind of self love, the part that you really think would stand up no matter who was looking—and cool. I got on stage every night, and I had all these people look at me, and I sang songs about not feeling comfortable in my body, and I connected with people, and I I spent five weeks recentering my identity. Into who I am, and not what I look like, what I do, not what I fit into. And it was one of the most cathartic, intense experiences of my life to be able to go out there and not just define myself as, you know, talented and uh, rising the challenge, but like, and not in spite of having gained weight or getting older or all these things that are difficult when you're a person. of Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like those things, it was because of those things that I was conceiving. Right. And I don't know what it would be in your life, whomever this person is I'm speaking to that's having these issues. Mm-hmm. But I can tell you this, going to the same bar and hanging out with the same people and listening to the same music and watching the same movies you didn't do anything for me. It was doing something really different doing something that engaged what I actually liked about myself in such a thorough way that really helped me shift my mindset. And I realized that I was right. I was sadder than i had been. I wasn't feeling like myself. I came home from tour and I told my mom, I felt the optimism of when I was 17
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the sense of self of being 29. Mm-hmm. And, I don't know what, to, that's what, that's what work I know not everybody can go on in the UK. <laughs> the, the, the trick for it was I wasn't just doing the same thing every day and expecting to feel different. Yes. That, that maybe, maybe it's not that you're so broken inside of you and that you just work harder and you just put more pressure on yourself to, to go on more walks and go to therapy. And those other things are great. Maybe maybe you adjust what you're seeing, what's outside of you, the people you're talking to, the media you're consuming, what you're doing on a Sunday. Maybe Mm -hmm. do something different and you won't feel the shame that you feel now.
0: Well said. And we do put so much pressure on what we look like because you know we see on the TV, you know on TV, um, you know in movies, and and you know this image, and we just we put so much on ourselves, honestly. And uh, we need to get out of that. <laughs> We're all beautiful the way we are. Um, and I love that about you is, is how open that you are able to, you know, share your experience. I hope everyone goes and checks out your album, Skinny. It is so good. And Thank you. you're very welcome. And you are so honest in the title track. And I just hope everyone checks it out. And it's available everywhere music is streams and sold today, so please make sure you check it out. And are there any talks of maybe a music video for any of the songs on this album? Would that be something you'd be interested in?
2: Oh, absolutely. And that's a whole rabbit hole of how traumatic music videos, music videos and photo shoots are the worst days about life. Because right. They're so visual, they're exhausting. Yes. Um, so actually, I can tell you, I have a music video. So there's a, the one of the lead single on the album that we released before the album came out with a duet with an artist named John McLaughlin who's mm-hmm. an amazingly talented singer-songwriter who's been around for a really long time and is one of the singer-songwriters that I grew up listening to and really idolized. So it was wildly uh, validating and flattering to have him sign on to the song. It's another. It's actually another song I wrote with my friend Hadley, and I producer and I were working on the production, and I had this, like, lightning bolt of inspiration that the song should be a duet. Um, and that set us off on a quest to find, try to find the right singer for the song, and... Um, to be, for everyone out there who I get asked on tour all the time, like, how did, how did you get somebody like that? We cold emailed. He responded, his his team responded to a cold email and granted Mm. it's because I do shows, I do podcasts like this and I was on our panel and all these little qualifiers that I had. Yeah. Got them to listen to the song. But when we were filming the music video, he said to me that he gets offered us all the time and it's the first one he's ever done um, Mm. because of the quality of the song itself. And so... Um, again, it's about right, like taking a little bit of a shot on yourself and being like, maybe what I do is good enough. Um, maybe what I have is valuable enough, um, just as it is, that I don't need to be more famous in order to make these connections. That maybe the art can stand for itself. Um, but you know, I had the experience of we really, really last minute, just kind of John was available to film this music video and. I had the experience of being a size fourteen and trying to go to the mall to buy a dress, Being in a music video, it was really difficult. I yeah, and like having to tell the you know the video the videographer who was like taking a shot from like below, it was no like the yes, back of my arms and like my butt, and I literally was no. like, no. Okay. I was like, I'm loving the body positivity coming from you. Yeah, and I'm yeah. loving the face you have.
1: Okay, like,
2: here's the thing: if I'm being honest, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna like it. <laughs> and, I'm going to make and so, my suggestion is still in from higher, I, or it's going to be a really annoying.
0: Right, angles, angles. That's what I always say. I mean, that's that's like you angles, know,
2: and baby. that's my
0: thing. You know, yeah. So
2: that's you know, that's what I think. One of the hard things about my job, and why, as much as I was trying to decenter my appearance from my identity and from my work, we live in a visual space where people. See your album art before they hear your song, mm-hmm. and it is unrealistic to say that what you look like in the images you produce don't matter. Right. Um, but I have been trying to force myself to center my body in my imagery. Mm-hmm. That I, that as much as I could take those angled shots, and I listen. I do. I try to make. I try to take photos and share photos that I feel confident. I feel beautiful. Mm-hmm. But I try to make sure that, that the answer isn't then hiding my
0: right. Yes, so, for
2: like, sure. Oh, I, I have a pretty face, so let's just never put my body
0: in
2: And because I have the opportunity to be a representation that I wasn't shown. Mm-hmm. When I was 12 and I started setting these ingrained aspects of my brain, setting what a singer looks like. And I can be the singer that that, that will expand. The imagery in some in some young girl's mind of what a singer looks like. We need you know, that. So I, I take that responsibility. I try, and of course, there's so many wonderful artists, models, actors out there who are doing that as well. But I think it's, it's always every 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 uh, every effort comes.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. We need that. We do need that because we need more images out there of you know. Real women, you know, I mean, not everybody is a size two and, you know, and, um, or, you know what I mean? So we have to, we have to make sure that's out there and that's represented as, as well so i think i think what you're doing is wonderful and what's really cool is you know when i was when i was reading your bio you started the you matter tour um, which is an anti-bullying concert series and you performed for like 40,000 students all at like 100 schools in the us and europe what was that experience like actually being there in front of you know students i'm sure that, i'm sure you had a great response what was that like well it's
2: funny you know i kind of took a my own little path entering the industry. Mm-hmm. I um I have a lot I the Berkeley Calls Music, which is like it's a big music school on um, the East Coast and um I have a lot of friends who kinda, you know, were out every night, you know, praying with the band in basements and like feel you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that and rock and roll style of, you know, getting your name out there. And I kinda took a different path. I found um, a real passion for going and singing in schools with kids and using some of my original songs that I'd written when I was 13, 15, 17 to engage students and um, get to meet fans, kind of like a thousand kids at a time, up close and personal and, and talk to them. And you know, of course, because we all have doubts. There's a part of me as, as I saw, you know, this friend get signed and this friend, you know, go on this big tour, and you go, was oh, that, was that, was that a mistake? Should I, have, should I have trudged it out in the trenches with everybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting because I just went on this big tour, um, and I've been opening for people and playing for crowds of 200 000 people, but we jumped to crowds of 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. And I have never been so happy to have done the you Matter Tour because I play for crowds of 1,000 people all the time. It's just this cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And it's funny about, like, building your own path and, like, having faith in, like, your instincts. That like this is right. This is working. This fits me. Because you say, like, what's it like getting in front of kids? It's the same. Mm-hmm. The best way to treat a group of adults is like they're twelve. Mm-hmm.
0: To be honest, yeah.
2: Everyone is socially nervous. Mm-hmm. Everyone, no one wants to be the standing nail. No one wants to be the first person to clap. No one wants to be the only person laughing. No, no, no one wants that. Whether they're fifty years old or twelve years old. And so when you go into a school, it's very obvious when I'm playing in the school that my job is to make everybody here feel included, make everybody here feel special, make everybody here feel seen. Because they're 12. So it's so easy to empathize and and not critique myself and say, well, of course, I am the adults in the room. I'm here to make sure they all have a good time. But Mm. that skill set has carried over so strongly into my career as an artist. Because when I get up in front of 2,000 adults who have never heard me before, I'm not shaking in my boots going, oh, my God, I hope they like me. I go, well, I'm in charge now. And so now it's my turn to make sure they all have a good time. Yes. And it's a mindset shift of thinking, like, the show isn't about me. The show's about the audience. And I feel like I was so prepared to that opportunity because of the work I've done in school with kids.
0: Yes. Oh, I bet, I, I bet, I bet. Um, I love that though, you know. And and that tour was, you know, recognized by the UN Foundation and Glad, and even you were featured on the Kelly Clarkson show. Come on now. So you're bringing the message to the masses. So that's what that's what it's about. Is you were bringing it to to the masses and, and helping and helping people um, along the way. And you still do that. And I think that is what is what we love about you. And you have some show dates coming up, so people are going to be able to see you live and in person. Live coming up yeah. I'm playing in New York
2: Boston LA Nashville hitting all the hitting all the big cities got um, that, that coming up in May and uh, June and then in October I'm heading back to the UK having done all of these shows with Big uh, with Morrison, I'm playing my own shows over there um, to kind of re-engage with those wonderful fans that I had the opportunity to meet while I was over there so I'll be I'll be out and about and the best way to kind of stay in touch with that is if you follow me on Instagram, on Spotify, they have, you know, I'll be posting my tour dates all the time on my Instagram account. And um, on Spotify, you can always go and see and look at the bottom of people's pages. And um, my website, listen to KC.com, I want to say, obviously, it has my headline dates, my tour dates as an artist. But if you're hearing about the anti Adelaide Program and you're interested in me maybe coming
0: to your school or your child's
2: school, um, go and, and look on my website, but to KC.com. I think it's called slash bullying prevention Um, and you will be able to hear more information about the program and I'm booking now for fall 2022 so I would love to talk to you and maybe
0: come to your school. Yes perfect trust me do it (laughs) you will not regret it you will not regret it check it check her out everybody on, on the website social networking sites all over the place and also check out the music you know the the album skinny is just doing so well and um so please make sure you check it all out and before we go yes i'm
1: sure yeah
0: absolutely so before we go um i'm sure you get this question a lot but many will recognize you from season 13 of american idol (laughs) which is so cool so what was that experience like for you and do you feel that that has prepared you for this music journey that you're currently on
2: you know, I would say this is my this is – I'm too honest all the time, which is a problem. But I would say, like, are you are you a sports fan? Do you watch, like, basketball at all? Do you know how basketball works? Yes, all? yes. So you know how they, like, play the game, but then sometimes they pause and take a free throw shot. They stand at the line and they take free throw shot, right? Yeah. And it's a whole skill in and of itself. So
1: mm-hmm. there are
2: some players that are amazing at the, running up and down the court and scoring a lot of the basketball when they stand on the free throw line, they're not very good. And then there are some players who are terrible running up and down the court. When they stand on the free throw line, they always make the shot. And then there's the rare player who's amazing at both. They're an amazing player and they're great at running shots. Mm-hmm. And so these reality TV show competitions mm-hmm. are to the music industry as throwing a free throw is to basketball.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: If you don't know how basketball works, taking a free throw shot looks a lot like basketball. You're like, oh, look at basketball. But it's a, it's a very specific skill within yeah. basketball. And you could be an amazing basketball player and not be good at taking free throw shots. Yeah. And also, you could take a million free throw shots and it wouldn't prepare you to play the game of basketball. Right. And so the thing about these early shows, and I'm, I'm so honest about it because I feel like um, the youth of America is really tuned into, like, well, if I just go on this show and get famous, my, I'll have a career.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And if you could throw free throw shots in your driveway for the rest of your life. That will not carry to be in the NBA. Mm-mm. And so as someone who's, a, I throw free throw shots well. I was on going to be shows, right? Yeah. I, it was great. And I use my ability to throw free throw shots as, an, an, as, an, as trying to get some attention from an NBA team. Like, take a look at me, look at how good I am at this free throw show. But the truth is, if you don't play in the NBA, unless you're good at the whole game. Mm-hmm. And so my biggest advice to people who want to get into the music industry is, yeah. is there's a book. I literally, people DM me all the time and want to talk to me about the curve. And I say, read this book. If you read this book, I will answer any questions you have. And the book is called Everything You Need to Know About the Music Industry. Ooh, That's what it's called. It. It's like it's like four, it's like two hundred pages long. They need to be in every. Oh, I have to right, right All you need to know about the music business by Donald Taxman. It's literally on my shelf right now because they made us read it in every every class of person. Amazing. And it's a,
0: it's,
2: a, it's a book about the game the actual game of basketball, what it all looks like. And my advice to you is those shows are actually really can be very traumatic. Mm-hmm. You are exposing yourself to the world for mm-hmm. critique, for competition, and you're a very useful tool if you want to play the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. But if you don't like the game, don't take the free throw shot. And so that's, this is very specific advice, Yeah. but I get this, is, I get this question all the time. Yeah. like, oh, how, how did American Idol help you in your career? It
0: didn't. You have to do the work it's yourself. Not-
2: it's not the same thing it's a great marketing marketing opportunity mm-hmm. but if you are if, if 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 reality TV doesn't slot into the section a dash three of your business the business section of your marketing plan mm-hmm.
0: it's
2: not it's not gonna and maybe you just want to go and be on TV but I can tell you being on TV is exhausting and very very um it's it a very rare person to not be negatively influenced by that level of pressure and exposure. I bet. So it's,
0: I, I couldn't do it's it. It's
2: an investment. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, I would go on these shows again mm-hmm. because it is such a great way to meet many, 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 many mm-hmm. but I would only consider doing it under the context of having the machine of my career working. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if anybody wants any questions about the music industry, you DM me on Instagram, after you have read this 200-page book about the native system. <laughs> was, yes, yes. Read that first. Answer okay, so any question you want. Yes. How to get on one of those shows.
0: I love that. <laughs> I love it. You're so honest. It's amazing. Yes, and you have to do the work yourself. You know, no one's going to do it for you. I mean, it's a platform that people are going to, you know, be able to, of course, see you. But, you know, after that, when that's over, you have to do the work. I mean, you got to put up music. you got to show up um, for your career. And, I, and you did it. And I, I think it's all
2: about also it's like um, you want to be prepared. You know, you. I took. I, I was a music business management major at first. Like, I was doing songwriting music business. Management. I have a manager, I have a publicist, I have people that I that are more connected, more knowledgeable, but I got a degree in music business so I could talk to my team in an articulate, thoughtful, intelligent way. I never wanted to be in a room where people were saying things and I didn't know what they were talking about. And so when I have conversations about, oh, well, this song, I'm going to give right this publishing credit this person, I go, well, isn't the standard publishing right this? Like, I have at least a basic understanding. And I think especially as young women in a male-dominated industry, you want to do everything you can so that you are treated and perceive yourself as an equal. I'll mm-hmm. so say this. I I went on American Idol. I actually went on the show twice.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I was invited to our as a voice multiple times. I've been invited to our on America's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. here's the thing I am a good free throw shooter so I kind of sometimes go on these shows right yeah I try to see opportunities in the music business with a semblance of um, like calm it's like if, if there's one record producer who want, wants to sign you there will be another record producer who wants to sign you the biggest red flag in the industry is someone saying only I see your value." Mm-hmm. Only I will help you. That is a flag for abuse. That yes, yeah, this it person is. Is, is is trying to say, Only I can make your career. You have nothing without me. And so that's why I recommend these books. I recommend having conversations about the industry, not just the fame and the music and the music videos because you want to walk into a conversation with some and and no, listen, I got offered that Jake Morris form. That was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Mm-hmm. That was a crazy jump for me. And so we moved mountains to get me on that tour. But I also had enough life experience and team to know when somebody was telling me, this is, they really like you. This is luck. Yes. <laughs> they like you. This is crazy. You, should go on the, you know what I mean? You should go on this tour. And as, opposed, as opposed to the number of times I've been told someone is my only hope. That the only way I'm ever going to make it is if I give them all my money, all my rights, all my songs. And I, I, the, I there is there there is a lot. There, you, you're setting yourself up to be intellectually and emotionally manipulated. It's not to, not the victim blame, but I think I want to. It, it is a dark, difficult industry. It is an industry with a lot of, um, you know, personal relationships that make the industry. And so you want to walk into anything you do with as much information as you can get. And that
0: includes reality TV shows. Yes. Oh, well said. <laughs> Honestly. Seriously. I'm like. By the way, if, and by the way, if you're all the reality people are listening, um, I won't be problematic. I'll sign
2: the NDA. Don't worry. You still have me on the show. <laughs> yeah, still have
0: her on the show. Don't worry. I love everything about you, really. And I, I think everyone needs to check you out after the show here. And I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on. And please come back on any We'd love to have you. <laughs> of course. And we are back Yes, so here is um, We have a song from Casey McQuillan Which is her title track from her album Skinny Here is Skinny Enjoy
1: She grabs a dress from the back of my closet
0: The
2: short one I haven't worn since I bought it A little lipstick glitter Nothing she's hiding. With all my friends, she poses for pictures, posted to quick, no thought, no filter. She calls me pretty. We both know she
1: wouldn't trade faces, wouldn't trade faces with me. I watch.
0: And we are back! And make sure you go and check out the album Skinny and download stream on all of the music outlets today. You will not regret it. And I wanna thank both of my incredible guests today, Jenny Tolman, and Casey McQuillan. Thank you all so much for tuning in, whether you're listening at joseyshow.com, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or WTRB 104.9 FM. We appreciate you taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen and enjoy the incredible, incredible artists that we have on here every week. So thank you all so much, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye.
1: The Josie Show is copyrighted property of the Josie Network of Brands. It may not be duplicated, altered, or edited, sold, or aired without written consent from the Josie Show owners. Any copyright infringement of the Josie Show will be subject to legal actions.